0: Um, Hey, I just wanted to come into agreement with what Byron read that scripture, you know, about the springs bursting forth. Right before he read that, I was just about to grab the microphone and say, Hey, God's going to bust something forth in your life this morning. There's just a sense in my spirit that something was going to bust out. Something wanted to bust forth. Did anybody else bear witness to that? All right, good. So let's just all stand up this morning and just lay hands on your own belly. And I just want you to pray this prayer. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. well. In my soul. Right now. Release something. Burst forth. Living water. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. Now that you're all loosened up, you know, you can have a seat and... uh, just really excited. The Lord is gonna do something. You might some of you might need to clear your plans for the day. You know, if you're planning on watching the race or whatever, God might have some other plans. I'm not saying I'm gonna preach all day. I'm just saying God might want to deal with you today. <laughs> so Amen. Hey, about three weeks ago I preached the message on the baptism of fire. How many people were here for that? All right, good. You guys remember that? And um, there was just some tremendous things that I was thinking about some things that happened. Um, Sheena, actually, you remember that day? Stand up for a second. Where's that microphone at? Sorry, Sheena, I'm going to embarrass you real quick. Um, No, I just, okay, let me just set a scenario. At the end of the service, you know, I preach on the baptism of fire, and I invite people to come forward and receive prayer for fire, and Sheena comes up to me and tell everybody what was going on with you.
1: I don't like microphones.
0: Here, I'll hold it for you. Thank
1: you. I'll hold it. (laughs) Throughout the service, when he was talking, I was freezing. It was cold that day, (laughs) like every other Sunday. And I don't know. My hands were freezing, but they were just dripping. Like I went like that, and it just like. So I went up there. I was like, man. I was like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I'm on fire. I couldn't sit still. My whole body was shaking. I was bawling. My hands were still dripping. They're thinking about it now, but it's not ever <laughs> been there.
0: So I mean, so I just on, She was physically sweating, just dripping off of her. I mean, the fire of God was just all over, you know. And uh, I mean, you know, seeing Andy on that video. I mean, what an unusual phenomenon for Andy to get excited and extreme about <laughs> stuff. You know? I mean, I, I know it's hard for you to believe, but uh, you know. um I want to share this. Actually, this past, no, a week and a half ago on a Wednesday night, I had this experience where the Lord just came on me. And um, just this fire thing, it's a long story, I'm not going to share the whole thing, but um, just the power of God came on me to pray for, for people for healing. And I was just running around the room looking for any person with any kind of pain or whatever. And God was just doing stuff. You know, you ever step into those just those supernatural times where things just are easy? You know, it's like the, fi- the fire of God. That's what the fire of God can do in certain situations. Break off yokes, or like I was sharing that message, for me, it broke off some serious depression. You know, even some mental illness was one of my first experiences with the fire of God touching me. And um, if you weren't here three weeks ago, you know, I was basically sharing out in Matthew 3 that John the Baptist said somebody else is coming. I'm baptizing you with water, but this guy, Jesus, is coming and He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, fire come upon you. Um, This past week, um, well actually, Andy, after that Sunday I preached that Andy released the fire in chapel. Very similar at our school, at Mooresville Christian Academy. Very similar to the way you saw him on that video there. And um, this past week, I was getting ready to start my second period class at MCA and um, this girl who's not in the class, she's a, I think a junior, she comes to my door she goes, Mr. Bollinger, I've got to tell you what happened to me. Oh, we got to talk. I was like, okay, well, can this wait? You know, I mean, I'm trying to get these 8th grade go, graders going in this class. She's like, alright, we'll talk. So as soon as the bell rang, I opened up the door to leave and there she was standing right there. I am like, Hey, Jackie, what's going on? You know, and she goes, "Guess what happened to me?" I'm like, "I don't know. You're gonna have to tell me." She goes, "No, no, really, just guess what happened to me." I was like, "You're excited? <laughs> You're happy? Yeah, yeah. What else?" I'm like, "God loves you? Yeah. What else?" I was like, "Please tell me, Jackie." She said, "Well, I've noticed that over the past several months, I'm just, I've just been dead spiritually." you know, and I was really, after you guys started talking about this whole fire thing, she said, I started just getting up early, and I would just wait on God, I was like, okay, tell me more, she said, one day, the fire of God just came on me, and for like the past five days now, I've just been so on, just so happy, and just feeling so on fire for God, and this thing just flowing in my life, I was like, wow, that is awesome, you know, just a tremendous testimony, and then she stopped me, she goes, now, how do I keep that? I was like, ah, that's a good question. So that's what I want to talk about here this morning, is how to keep the fire of God freely flowing in your life. You know, how many people have had those experiences where you stepped into the supernatural realm, you stepped into something significant, some mountain-type kind of experience, and then as time goes by, short periods of time, long periods of time, sometimes it's like, ah, I remember when I used to, you know, you know, how many people can relate with that, right? And so it's always kind of a question. And so, you know, I think there's three keys and these are the kinds of things I shared with this student. Is number one, I said, just like you got saved, the fire came not because anything you've done, right or wrong, but by grace, through faith. The fire of God has come into your life. That's how you keep it, by faith. You just keep it by faith. It's not as much about your feelings or whether you feel the heat or whether, you're, you know, or whether you're not. It's just receiving it by faith and saying, thank you, God. I said, Jackie, wake up every morning. This is what I do. I just soak in God's presence. Just sit still with some music on or, or just in silence. And I just invite the Holy Spirit fresh. Immerse me, Holy Spirit. Ooh. Immerse me. Immerse me fresh in fire today. It's amazing. I can't even feel that now. It's amazing what kind of power just continues to flow in your life. But it's by grace. It's by grace you walk into these things. Secondly, it's just by being in communion with Him. You know, just that intimacy thing. And we're going to look at some examples of this. And then third, we saw a great testimony of this this morning, is by letting the fire flow out. You see, as you receive the fire in, it's meant to flow out. Freely you have received, so freely give. And I, I, I can prophesy this with confidence that as our children continue to go, the fire will never stop. As we all continue to go, I mean, I don't care who it is. I'm, find your neighbor. You know, find somebody, uh, an elderly person that's shut in. You know, I got I had an opportunity to talk with somebody in prison this week, and it was awesome. I mean, I left more encouraged after leaving that that jail than I did when I went in because we just got to talking and and just had a great time of fellowship in the Bible and talking about the heavenly realm, and it it was just awesome. You know, I just left that place feeling so encouraged. You know, so whatever it is that that God can see. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then He gives you a choice to respond to His promptings. See, those are the types of things that we need to realize. That's some, I think, some of the keys to keeping the fire just flowing in your life, keeping the fire of God flowing in other people's lives. So I want to hit on those three points, looking at this biblical example out of Luke chapter 2. So let's go there real quick. Um, Luke 2 verses tw- verse 21 is where we're going to start And usually preachers preach on Luke 2 at the Christmas season But uh, this is so good I-, I feel like the Lord's really wanting to show you something here this morning This is after the birth on the eighth day When it was time to circumcise Him He was named Jesus The name the angel had given Him before He had been conceived Now we've heard about the number 8 this year, haven't we? 8 represents what? New beginnings. 2008, the prophets are saying it's a year of new beginnings. We're stepping into new things this year. So uh, immediately when I was reading this passage, that caught my attention. That here, a new beginning, a circumcision, a cutting away, a purification process. Isn't that interesting? So they go to the temple. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed... Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves, doves or two young pigeons. Now in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now this guy Simeon is an interesting guy because I looked up the name Simeon or Simon and it actually means listening. Listening. And I believe it was a prophetic indication of this man's destiny is he was a guy who had decided that he was going to dedicate this season of his life to Listening for the Holy Spirit. And remember, this is before you know Jesus' baptism even. He was only eight days old. This was before the outpouring at Pentecost in which the prophecy in Joel was revealed that the Holy Spirit would become on, on all flesh. So Simeon was really living under an, under an old covenant paradigm here. And it says that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Now when the Holy Spirit comes upon somebody under the old covenant, we got to pay attention. Because there's a specific reason. There's a specific purpose that the Holy Spirit has come upon Him. So the first key to letting the, keeping the fire of God flowing into your life is to wait on God and listen. Or in other words, the secret place. Find that secret place where you can just wait on God and you can listen. And so as, as we go on here, not only did the Holy Spirit come upon Him, but in verse 26 it says... It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. That he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27 moved by the Spirit. Everybody say, moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts. So you see, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Then he had revelation by the Holy Spirit. And then he did what? He moved. He was moved by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple courts. So as we find ourselves in that secret place, giving permission to the Holy Spirit to come upon us. You see, because some people mistakenly think that it's just something that happens. When oftentimes it is a grace thing, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. But a lot of times the Lord is wanting us to give Him permission. Yes, Lord, whatever. Whatever. Here I am, whatever, come upon me, fill me today, whatever, God. Use me today, whatever. At that moment is then when the permission is granted for revelation to flow, for the heavenly downloads, as we've been hearing about, for the information to flow, for the revelations into the scripture, as Byron said last week, stepping down into the pools of the Word of God, the fresh revelation. But see, then there's a step further. By the Holy Spirit, he's inviting you then to do something about it. Because Simeon had a choice. He was moved by the Holy Spirit to go into the temple, but he didn't have to. He could have stayed where he was. But he made a choice and he stepped in. He went to the temple. And let's see what happens here next. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as You have promised, You now dismiss Your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen Your salvation, which You have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to Your people Israel. So He's worshiping. He's just worshiping with the baby Christ in His arms. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about Him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother. He begins to prophesy now. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now isn't this amazing? A man, flesh and blood, very much the same as us is actually used by the Holy Spirit to prophesy, to release things into Jesus' mother and into the baby Christ Himself. He is being used as the agent to release the Holy Spirit on this child. We're going to see more of that later as we get towards the end of the story. Also, I I found it interesting here that the Holy Spirit, by revelation, had promised Simeon that he would not see death. He would not die until he had seen, witnessed the Messiah, right? Where else in the New Testament do you recall somebody else receiving, receiving a similar promise that they would not die? Peter and some of the disciples. The disciples, actually, Jesus said this. I don't have it on the screen, I don't think, but in Mark 9, he said this I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death. You remember this? Before they see the kingdom of God come with power, resurrection power, and you know the disciples were kind of confused by this. Well, what does he mean? You know, there's these these uh, rumors started going around about Peter, you know, not dying and all this. Well, we know now what he meant was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that this generation would not die until they had seen the outpouring of the Holy Spirit come on them in power and the unseen realm, God's reality, the kingdom realm being released into this earthly realm. The reason they were confused is because they kept looking for this physical kingdom and he was talking about a spiritual kingdom. So we have Simeon that was promised he wouldn't die until he sees the Messiah. Then we have the disciples promises that they wouldn't die until they see the kingdom being released. i just submit this to you. Could we be the generation that will not taste death until we see the fullness of the kingdom reality released in our midst? Let it be. Lord, I want to see the fullness. I sign up for that. If there's a sign up sheet going around, I'll put my name on that one. I want to see the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of the kingdom be released. I want to contend for things like cancer-free zones in my community. I want to contend for every blonde person in the greater Mooresville area lining up at the, that door because they know, or lining up at your door be even better, because they know that the power, the dunamis power of the kingdom will be released. It's the same power. See, that power was flowing through this guy Simeon because of Simeon, no, because the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then he gave permission for it. He got revelation. And then he moved according to the Spirit and went to the temple. Isn't that good? Now, second thing. So that intimacy, that communion with God, keeping the flow of the Holy Spirit. Second thing is the grace of God. Rooted and grounded in grace. You just can't get enough of that. You know, what is grace? Grace is just the stuff that you get from God when you didn't deserve a bit of it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's how I like to see grace. Grace is also the power you get from God when you don't deserve it. I mean, who does deserve it after all? You know, and I want my wife to share this great testimony of, that she, she had even this morning about grace. But bef- before she shares this, let me just say this to you, okay? Whenever you have these thoughts going through your head like this, I should have, I ought to. I should, I know I ought. I should, I ought. You need to check it right there. Okay, there's some religious spirit that is trying to lead you down some road that is not going to lead to life. Show the shouldas and the ought tos, enough of them. If I had a penny for every time I've heard a Christian say, I know I should read the Bible more. Well, I ought to be going to church more. You know, I'd probably be a wealthy man. We just need to get rid of that stuff. You know, and just... I, one guy, after the service, the first service, he came up to me and he goes, it's like the shouldas and the ought tos. Shoulda, ought to, shoulda, ought to, shoulda, ought to. You know, it's just driving me into the ground, is what he said. You know, and so I thought... I get to, I want to, I get to, I want to, you know. I mean, that, you know, that fire, that's what the fire of God does for you. It just flows out. I can't wait to get up and spend time with Jesus, man. I can't wait to pray for that sick. Where are the sick people at? Let me get my hands on You know what I'm saying? It's not, where are the people that need Jesus? You know, what can I tell them today, Lord? Are you following me here? Share that testimony, babe. And this
1: is why we're so thankful that we have each other. We have friends. We have the body is to tell. And we, I say this a lot with my mom, and I say this with Matthew too. And we we'll say, "Now, tomorrow, next week, you tell me what I'm telling you." Yeah. And this is what he told me just this week. He goes, "Remember that grace thing?" Mm-hmm. And it just this morning. Well, I'm pregnant. <laughs> for those of y'all that don't know, and the beginning of my pregnancies are rough. And I have been so sick the past couple of weeks. Well, really this past week. And um, in the middle of it, just being in bed and not being able to really get up and do anything besides think of the fact that I'm really nauseous, you know, constantly. You know, and just... I was in that place where I, this morning I was just like, lord, you know, I don't know, I just don't even feel like I could do anything. I can't even I don't I don't even know if I can worship. I don't even know if I can if I can do what I want to be able to release from within. I don't want to go backwards. I want not just because I'm sick, I don't want to go backwards and I just said, okay. This isn't going good in my mind right now, so I'm just going to set on some worship music in my ears. I'm just going to stay there and let you soak me. And this song came on, and it start, and it was just like the grace of God broke all that off. And this is what it said. I'm in love with God, and God's in love with me. This is who I am, and this is who I'll be, and that settles it completely. Yeah. I'm in love with God, and God's in love with me. This is who I am, and this is who I'll be, and that settles it completely. Listen to it one more time. I'm in love with God and God's in love with me. This is who I am and this is who I'll be and that settles it completely. And when I heard that, it settled it all in me. That it didn't matter what I could do. That what his heart was, that relationship, is what he desired more than anything, is that he is extravagantly in love with me and that I love Him, and that settles it. And I can tell that to the enemy. It was like then as I started to worship that song over and over, it was like I realized I was turning it to the enemy because I realized the enemy was trying to sow these lies into my mind that was making me feel like I was going to go backwards because I was sick which wasn't the truth. And the grace of God was rising up in me to say back to the enemy, I'm in love with God and God's in love with me. This is who I am and this is who I'll be. And that settles it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what kind of circumstance comes in my life or the way I feel. It can't change the love of God toward me and what I have that because of Jesus in me rises up to worship the Lord back. That doesn't change. You know, and that's the grace that just Mm. breaks all that junk, like he said, the shoulda, the oughta, the shoulda, the oughta, that makes you want to just back up, you know, just hide in a hole. The grace of God that says, who you are is mine, Mm. and nothing can change that. And that was just, oh, that helped me. That's
0: good. But
1: that's why we need each other too, is to say to each other when we're in those places, grace, remember this, and then... Tomorrow, next week, you remind me. Yeah. You know, that's why we need each other. That's why we need the body of Christ together yeah. to remind each other of the grace of God, to remind each other you're the Lord's, and nothing in your life can change that. That's
0: right. Grace enables, grace empowers. You know, it's the foundation, it's the foundation of the gospel. Galatians, read the book of Galatians, it's Paul's treatise on grace. You know, and and the Lord gave me a word for you this morning. It was, He's crazy about you. You know, God is just nuts about you. We got any grandparents in here that got grandchildren? Are you crazy about them? Do you just want to eat them up sometimes, you know? Mamas and daddies, you know, you're just crazy about them. You know, and they mess up and they do stupid things or whatever. You want to wring their necks from time to time. But that doesn't change the way that you feel about them. You, you just love him so passionately and desperately. And if you're seeing God this morning, any way but that, you're seeing Him wrong. I'm here to tell you that God loves you because He loves you. Because that's what He is. He can't help Himself. You know, He just does. You know, so that's really what the gospel of grace is all about. And I just, like I said, I don't think that we can, all, we, all of us, we can't get enough of that. So I want to look at this lady. Right after Simeon, her name is Grace. Oh, wait a second, her name is Anna. But Anna means Grace. Okay, isn't that interesting? And there was also a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Phenuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. Well, there's a lot to that. She wasn't a Levite. She was a woman, yet she was a prophetess. Okay, I could talk on that for a while, but I don't have time here. And then it says, She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. So she was like on staff at International House of Prayer in Kansas City. You know, She, she was one of those 24-hour worshipers, fasting, praying. That's what she spent her time doing. But isn't it interesting that her name means grace? Uh, by the way, yeah, and that Simeon's name means listening. I mentioned that too, right? Her name means grace. And then in verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of, Israel, of Jerusalem. So she's going out there telling other people, prophesying other people about the Savior. Then in verse 39, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom like Simeon. And the grace, Anna, of God was upon him. Isn't this amazing? God literally used a man... And a woman, which I think is significant. Paul talks about under the new covenant, there's neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ, right? He used a man and a woman, even in this Old Testament paradigm, in this context, to not only prophesy, as Simeon did, but they also imparted who they were, what they had into this Christ child. Not that Jesus wouldn't have you know, gained this in some other way, but God used these two human agents that they became, he became wise as Simeon. He became a listener, in other words, as Simeon, and he was founded, he was grounded in grace by Anna's impartation. Isn't that amazing? So it's just a picture about kingdom authority. What kingdom authority, as you listen to the Father speaking, because Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father saying. I only do what I see Him doing. And as you, as you listen to that and as you walk in the foundation of grace, the kingdom authority can just naturally flow through your life. Change the atmosphere. Change the situations. That's encouraging to me. I don't know about you. And last, I wanted to mention this too. Uh, that, you know, keeping the fire flowing through your life will happen as it continues to flow out. And um, Mark 16. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven. This is Mark 16, starting in verse 14. As they sat at the table, and He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen Him after He had risen. So, here again, here's another little tidbit what could hinder the flow of the fire of God in your life? Unbelief, hardness of heart. You know, that girl that I was telling you about at MCA, one of the things she said to me, she goes, you know, ever since this happened, one thing that I've done is I've stopped listening to this kind of music that I realized was just kind of putting this atmosphere on me. And it's amazing when I'm listening to this worship music, I'm just happy all the time. It's like, yeah, it's interesting how that works, isn't it? You know, so again, sometimes there are some things that we can be allowing to happen in our environment that can hinder the flow of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. So that needs to be addressed as well, that unbelief, hardness of heart, entangling alliances sometimes. But then in verse 15, he said to them, of course, the famous Great Commission, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So you and I, like Byron said, don't let your experience limit what the Word of God says. You and I have a decision upon being confronted of sorts by this passage here. You know, we have a decision to make. Are we going to believe this is for us? Or are we going to believe it was just for them and way a long time ago, times past? Well, you believe what what you want to believe, but I don't want the Lord to rebuke me for my unbelief like He did right there with them. So I believe they will recover as we lay hands on them. Amen? And then in, finally, in Matthew ten seven through 9, I just want to remind you of this. That, Matthew ten eight. he said, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. So as we continue to receive the fire of God into our lives, freely give it away. Find people. Say, hey, let me pray for you. Can I pray for you? You know, you might feel some things. Whatever, just receive it by faith. The fire of God will be imparted. I've seen it happen. So first of all, stay in that secret place. Listen. Just listen. Hey, let me tell you this. If you're struggling with your quiet time or your devotional time or whatever, which all of us do, from time to time, I'm just not really feeling anything, kind of feeling dry, hey, just wait and listen. Just wait and listen. Listen to what you hear the Holy Spirit say, even if it's one word. Like Byron said last week, you don't have time to read the Bible? Hey, you got five seconds? Read a sentence. That's good. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Start there. I guarantee you things will begin to open up, begin to flow in even greater capacity. Secondly, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Let the grace of God empower you and enable you. And finally, what you've got, give it away. Amen?
2: Amen. That's a great one. Thank you, Jesus. When you think about fire, think about the tongues of fire. Amen. Think about passion. That's another another word for for uh you know, fire when you just giving you a picture in your mind. All right, we're gonna <clears throat> One thing we want to do is we want the Christ School of Ministry students to get up out of your seat wherever you're standing. I see one person, two people. Go stand over there next to the piano right now. <laughs> so we want to uh, offer ministry of healing okay, right now. And they're going to lay hands on you. And I've, another word I got for healing is, uh, is people who are having problems with sinuses. Anybody got sinus problems in here this morning? Yeah, I figure people would, but I, the Lord did show me that He wants to heal sciences this morning. So if you got that problem, please get up and go there, or any other problem, any sickness, any uh, anything that you're suffering with this morning, any anything—I don't care what it is, little big or just come up and receive that. Get over there, and we might need some other people to help them. Also, I believe the Lord wants to give some downloads of grace to people. Okay. Lord, what Sarah was saying. Sometimes we just get in life in a situation where we just need the grace of God to help us in a situation, and uh, you may just need some grace just to have some passion for the Lord this morning, and that's okay. So if you if you're, can we get some more ministry team people up here to help us pray? If you need if you need prayer about grace this morning, I'd like you to come and you know just get some ministry on that. Also, we want to pray for Jim and Kathy. They're fixing to leave and they're going to be gone for three four months, three months, two months. They're going to South America. So I can... Doug and... Uh, Doug and... Where's Doug Marock? Dean. Doug. Dean. I'd like to get the elders of the church up here to pray for uh, Jim and Kathy uh, to go to lay hands on them. Anybody have any needs This has come up, just receive from the Lord. And otherwise, you can be dismissed, and thank you for coming. Amen.